You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversations with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I've recently created a private community for us to continue these supportive and uplifting conversations. Click the Join the Art of Parenting Community Here button on this page, and I will see you there. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hey there, it's Jeanne-Marie Penel, your host of The Art of Parenting. And today I wanted to record a somewhat personal episode. It's my birthday episode, so here I am. Born in 1961, and I will be turning 61 in just a few days. So to me, that sounds pretty special. And I just wanted to give you an update on life and what I've been thinking about, what I've been doing, how I can support you, and just give you some words of encouragement as you parent your little ones or bigger ones. I'm a mother of two young adults. They are now 25 and 21. I'm recording this from San Diego, California, where I call home for the past 20, let's say 23 years, which is actually the longest time I have lived in one place. Because before that, well, I moved around a lot. I had a very nomadic mother, and we just uh, moved about. We were actually separated from my dad when I was four. And at the time, we were living in Algiers, in Algeria, in North Africa. I was born in Tunisia, in North Africa. During the French uh, Algerian Independence War, and that is why I was not in Algeria, and my mother flew uh, to expecting, flew to Tunisia to give birth to me. But what what ended up of all of that is that I am the third generation French born in Tunisia. So, kind of, you know, those those little details that end up making a big difference. And I think that's what life is all about, is those little details, those little choices that you make, and remembering that, and this is a quote that I often go back to, is that life is a choice. It's a choice of how you perceive things, of what you make of it, right? Your, your, how you interpret an event that is happening, what I believe not to you, but for you. Life happens for us and not to us. So to all that said, um, you know, starting way back when, when I was four years old, well, actually born, 
Tunisia, France, I think if, I mean, I, I don't know, but I think we went to the U.S. to meet my American family, then went back to Algeria, then I went, uh, lived in France when I was four until about 11, then moved to the U.S., and then kind of from there back and forth between the U.S. and France to 23 years ago, bring my French husband <laughs> and my daughter who was, been, who was born in Paris to the U.S., to San Diego. And why San Diego? People often ask me, like, how did you end up here? Well, it just so happened that I went to high school here. My mother had moved here while I was spending a year in France with my father. She had moved here because her parents, so my grandparents, had retired here from the other coast of the U.S., Maine. They had retired here looking for sunshine, dry weather, and so forth. And my grandfather happened to pass away, and so my mother came to be closer to family and support my uh, my grandmother and so forth. And that following year, I came here just on vacation, but I was in a bit of a turmoil time of my life as a young adolescent, like many of our teenagers go through. And there had been kind of events that had happened in my life that made it that I was somewhat discombobulated. And that summer, my mother suggested that I stay with her and go to high school here uh, in San Diego. And I made the decision to stay, so not go back to Paris, but to stay in San Diego. And it was actually a wonderful opportunity to kind of get a fresh start. Um, Like I said, I had gone through a few years of uh, being somewhat discombobulated. That's the only word that comes to mind. And so this was a fresh start and it was a wonderful start. And I'm, of, you know, I'm of the sign of the cancer, so a water sign. And just being close to the beach, uh, the first house that we lived in was literally two walking blocks from the beach, from the Pacific Ocean, and it was just marvelous for me. And it gave me, you know, this opportunity to reboot. I did very well in my uh, coursework in school, even though I had been uh, flunking out and just not doing well at all in the previous two or three years. So it was really great. And so fast forward to when I'm back in Paris, uh, working, professional woman, I've just had my first child, and my husband and I are kind of in a situation where, well, we have to find a new place to live because we were living in a small one-bedroom with our, our daughter, and we were both somewhat unhappy with our work at the time. And so we started looking around in the suburbs, a little bit, you know, further south and all of this. And then I said, you know what? I remember this place that I used to live that was just marvelous. It's called San Diego. <laughs> and, and why don't we why don't we try it? And what we did was we actually did a three-month exchange. So we exchanged our one-bedroom apartment with this gorgeous house up in the hills with a beautiful view on the bay, a swimming pool. It was, it was fabulous. 
but it was a friend of the family uh, that I had actually contacted to know if she would know of anybody that would be interested in doing this exchange because I wanted to give my husband the opportunity to see what life in the U.S. would be. He had never, you know, lived outside of France, and uh, so we needed to have that opportunity. And we made it that it wasn't going to be a three-month vacation, but that we were going to try to find some work and just really have a feel of what life would be like here. And so that's that's how it all happened. And those three months uh, were marvelous. Um, our daughter was 18 months. She was, I got to spend the day with her by the pool while, while my husband was working. And then I got a job in the evening. And uh, it was all really great, except for one thing that was um, somewhat traumatizing, and that is that I had a miscarriage. And that was... That was hard in the fact that I was so far from family. Um, I didn't know what was happening. This was the first miscarriage, you know, didn't know what what was happening. I had learned that I was uh, pregnant when we left France to, to start this adventure. So it was, you know, it was kind of scary and being, uh, in a foreign country, not having health insurance and so forth. So that was something that I remember making me feel that I shouldn't move. And I remember very well my father actually saying, now, don't be silly. When you move there, you get, you know, you you have to buy health insurance because I was so used to the French system where we have universal health care and, you know, we don't, we don't worry about it. And so, and he said, it's just different. You buy it and, you know, don't be silly because I was I was really having my doubts about doing this big move. And so it ended up, you know, being fine. We did, after three months, decide that we did want to try it here because for one, we both went, we were both at the time a graphic designer. I was still working as a graphic designer and we went to see a, a placement agency that was specialized in graphic work at the time. And they both, they told us both that, you know, they could get us jobs like right away. We, we were, you know, highly qualified and so forth. So that kind of emboldened us and empowered us to go, okay, let's, let's try this. And so we went back, we, you know, got rid of most of our things, sold our things, packed up the rest. I came, I flew back to San Diego three weeks ahead of my husband and daughter to find a place uh, to live and to start a job. And that was 23 years ago. So pretty, pretty crazy. And so again, you know, it's those little, those little experiences, like who would have known that from having chosen to go to high school here, because my grandparents had moved because my mother had moved here, that that would make me do this life choice later in life as an adult. Um, I know today my daughter, who's 25, living in Scotland, you know, always says, Mom, why did, what, what were you thinking? Why did you move there? But I really enjoy it here. I love the, the sun, the ocean, uh, and so forth. So I'm happy here. It's, it's my home away from home, my first home being in France. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's a really nice place. My son was actually born here. So 
Unfortunately, after that first miscarriage, I did have a second miscarriage um, once once we were living here. And then I finally had my beautiful son um, 21 years ago. He'll be 22 in September. And right about that time, I also was unfortunately dealing with my mother being quite ill. My mother, as I mentioned earlier, was quite a nomadic uh, person, just always traveled. Uh, She left the U.S. when she was uh, 17 for just to do a year abroad and actually didn't end up coming back to the U.S. until 17 years later. Uh, divorced with two daughters, my sister and I, and uh, and you know during that whole time we we lived you know whether it was Tunisia, Algeria, or France. But after that, she you know moved a lot. She traveled a lot. She was an author who actually interviewed uh, women all over the world, especially third world uh, women in the third world countries. And so I just got a bug for travel as well. And at the time, she was actually a Peace Corps country director in Bulgaria when she was given the news that she had a pretty advanced uh, ovarian cancer. And so she was medevaced back to the U.S. and unfortunately passed away 18 months later when I was just 40. My uh, daughter was had just turned five and my son one. So I have been a motherless daughter for 21 years. And I have to say that I think that that has greatly influenced the work that I do today because it is only after her passing that I really had this voice that kept on reminding me what she had always told me of, you know, you're meant to work with children. And and it was true since since a very young age I've always enjoyed so much being in the presence of young children. I just find them so fascinating and wise and capable and so forth. I I remember as a um as a teenager, I think I was not not even a teenager, I think I was 11, when my uh, brother, I had a, a stepbrother, was born, uh, he, I would volunteer at his daycare during my spring breaks just because I enjoyed children so much. And I have to say, I was pretty protective of my little, my little baby brother. But uh, so I've always been, you know, fascinated with children and wanting to be with children. And it's really only when I was 43 that I decided to actually leave my corporate job as a graphic designer. I was actually managing a whole team of graphic designers in in a big uh, U.S. company and decided to leave to actually go back to school full time and to do a master's in Montessori education. And that was amazing. And that was so eye opening. And that is when I realized, you know, that that really was my true calling. And I spent some five years, six years in the classroom with children between the ages of two and a half to six, because in Montessori, they're group uh, together during during three years. So it's a mixed age classroom. 
And I went back and did a second uh, Montessori degree for birth to three. And that is really when I discovered my passion of today, which is really to be of support to parents, to really inform them of what these marvelous little beings, you know, are capable of and how we can nurture them and how we can really nurture that immense uh, capability and this immense potential that they have. Because we have to remember, our children are born with an immense potential. And yet, if we do not feed that potential, uh, that, you know, things will not develop, such as language. If, if, if you know anything about language development, it's fascinating, is that, you know, children need an auditory, you know, good functioning auditory organs and and the vocal organs and so forth and rich language. So that's our language. That is the human interaction, not, you know, videos or, or audios or anything, but really that human interaction. And then the desire to communicate. And if we don't give that rich language, well, language won't develop. And so that's why it's really, it's always about this potential. And so, you know, my education in my education in Montessori just really um, gave me all of this amazing information that, oh my gosh, why wasn't, you know, everybody, why wasn't this being shared with all parents? And that is my mission. And that's what I do here on the podcast and through my digital course, The Parenting School, and, you know, my website and so forth. Everything is really geared towards uh, informing parents and really giving them the tools to better understand their role vis-a-vis their child, but also their child, and also the importance of the home that we create for our child. When we prepare the environments for them to really be able to adapt to their time, place, and culture with ease, well, we're really, you know, building these confident, uh, curious learners. And that's really what, um, what our job as parents is, what our job is as caregivers and educators and so forth. Um, so I think I completely went off, but um, it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> like I said, it's a birthday episode. I just wanted to have a conversation with you and just share what was um, on my mind. And also just sharing some of this to let you know that it's never, ever too late or, or too early to to change course, to try something new, to to, you know, have that confidence to just Ask yourself, well, what is it that I want to do? Where, where, you know, where, I, where do I want to go? Because had I not had that conversation with myself, you know, back when I was 43, well, I'd probably, you know, still be, would have, you know, gone up in the, the ladder of, of the corporate world and all this. But I don't know as if I would be as uh, excited about my work as I am today because I am truly passionate about what I do each and every day. And I'm always trying to think of new ways to share this information with you. So whatever is on your heart, just know that, that, you know, you are capable, you are worth it. And that, uh, I just want to, to empower you to, to think that way, that, uh, we always have an opportunity to choose 
what it is we we want to do because as i said earlier life is a choice and one choice also that i was asked to make um which you know some might think like what was my mother thinking of but i'm i'm grateful um when i was uh 17 so when i was 17 i was a senior in high school so here in San Diego, I had been here for two years. So this was the uh, two and a half years. It was in the fall of my senior year. So senior year had just started, which, you know, in the U.S. We, American culture, senior year is a pretty important thing. I had no, not really grown up in the American cu- culture. So, you know, it didn't, I didn't feel or, or know this importance a, as much, but Oh, just to give you a little bit of the backstory. And so my mother, you know, was here. She had been uh, writing her books. She had, um, I think, just finished Third World Women Speak Out. um, And previously she had written Message from the Village and was uh, offered this amazing opportunity to uh, be one of the uh, regional directors of the Peace Corps. And uh, the, the Peace Corps, if you know anything about it, is an organization that was created by John F. Kennedy to give the opportunity to young people to serve in other countries as, as uh, a volunteer to you know, help the host country with whatever need they uh, felt they had. So whether it was, you know, agricultural, health, um, education, uh, just all sorts of different things. And so beautiful, beautiful program. And my mother was asked to lead one of the regions. So it is cut up in three regions. There is sub-Saharan Africa, Asia, and then there is this third region called Nanip, which is North Africa, Near East Asia, and the Pacific. And she was actually the first woman to be named uh, at this position. And so this is a a position that is, um, you know, presidentially named and so forth. And so here she had this amazing opportunity. And basically, she gave me three choices because I was, you know, I had just started my senior year. So she said, well, you could stay here and finish your senior year and live with your grandmother. Or you can come with me to Washington and, you know, try to just go get into a, another high school and finish your senior year there. Or you could um, drop out now uh, and travel with me because in a few months I'm going to have to do my first diplomatic trip to visit some of the, the Peace Corps countries. So what do you think I chose? Well, I chose number three. (laughs) I said, I'm not giving up traveling. So here I am, 17. I had to drop out of high school. And um, the, the kind of mandatory things were that while we were waiting for the trip to, to a cure, because she was going to have to go to Washington, get to know her team, kind of prepare the trip and everything. During that time, I would have to find a volunteer job of something that I was passionate about. And also 
prepare the trip so that I would have to brief her on the different countries that we were going to. So, you know, wow, what an amazing opportunity. And here we are again with having to make a choice. And it's a choice that I never regretted making. It was amazing. We moved to Washington, D.C., and I found an amazing volunteer job at the Children's Museum. There was this beautiful museum that was kind of in a... um, kind of sketchy part of town. It was up in the uh, upstairs building. And, you know, I would go there, I would work with them. But while I was there, they actually were able to move into a much larger uh, facility. So I was able to, you know, work there. I ended up actually being hired and working there. And it was just so amazing to be creative because it was a museum, but also interact with the children and so forth. And then during the hours where I wasn't there, I would go to the National Geographic's library and read up on all the countries we were going to visit. And so we ended up doing a five-week trip uh, through, we left, we, you know, did that whole kind of belt, right? Um, where we started from the West Coast, we started in Hong Kong and made our way actually to Tunisia and then France. And just, and it, it's funny, I'm thinking of this now, but I actually had my birthday, my 18th birthday in Tunisia, which was pretty amazing to go full circle. And here I am talking about it on a birthday episode. So pretty cool. So again, choices, right? She gave me a choice. It was completely out of the box. But oh my gosh, I am so thankful to her for having been uh, this parent that kind of thought out of the box and, and, and gave me this opportunity. When we got back to the States after that trip, I did you know, do my high school, did get my high school diploma, went to a brand new high school in Washington, D.C. I was already 18. It was kind of a bizarre year because, you know, here I had traveled and but it was fine. I made some great friends and uh, and then, you know, went off to university after that. So lots of little stories. um, And I think I'm going to uh, kind of wrap it up from here because uh, one, one thing, no, one thing I will answer is I'm often asked, you know, I say that I'm French because my name is Jeanne-Marie Penel uh, and I am, I am French. I'm a dual citizen, French and American. And people always say, well, why don't you have a French accent? And that is because I was raised bilingual. And this is something that I will encourage all of you who have multiple languages in your homes to speak your native language to your child. It is so important to give them that um, that language right from the beginning. So my mother spoke to us in English. I will admit that when we moved here when I was 11, um, English, you know, was not my first language, so I struggled a little bit at the beginning. I was put in the English as a second language classes and so forth, but I think because I was 
so young, uh, I was determined to get rid of that accent because, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be teased and, and so forth. So today I speak both languages uh, perfectly well, and uh, my children have been raised bilingually as well. They both speak um, French and English. They, you know, maybe don't read and write it as well. They they read it well. Writing is a whole other um, can of worms, and I I will admit I'm not a very good uh, French writer. My husband kind of has to look over my writing. I, I did write a book in, in French and needed help with that. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's bilingual education. So highly, you know, encourage all of you who do have multiple languages to speak your mother tongue, your native language to your children. And if you have elders who speak another language when they are with your children to have them speak that language because here you're helping the child uh, you know fire even more neurons and make even more connections and just develop that immense potential that they have uh, especially those first six years of life. So with all of that I will just uh, remind and just inform you that I do have the parenting school that has opened. It is open for enrollment uh, for another week or so. I will close the doors and then reopen them in the fall just so that I can really focus on all the new parents that are in the parenting school. And this is really my little uh, kind of pride and joy of having put together a lot of the information that I feel is missing in the kind of the parenting world. And so I've blended uh, what I know about Montessori, what I know about positive discipline, mindfulness, uh, minimalism, and so forth, and put it together. It is kind of the five pillars of uh, parenting. So it's about understanding your child, understanding human development, understanding Montessori, understanding positive discipline, and then understanding the importance of your role. And all of that is uh, short videos along with a journal that I have created for you to personalize all of the information that you receive. And then we also have a group on uh, Facebook that we can all share our questions, our ahas, and so forth. And then I do, uh, every other week, we do uh, what I call Lifeline, which is kind of my Q&A of just being there to support you. Because I think, you know, we're all parenting with different values, with different cultures, with uh, different perceptions. And I just want to make sure that you're getting all the support and encouragement to parent your way with um, love and respect. So that is it. Uh, a beautiful day to all of you. Thank you for listening. And I will catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye for now. Have you been searching for the owner's manual to your child? Or did you just misplace it? Are you tired of trying to figure out this whole parenting puzzle, not knowing what to do when it comes to tantrums, hitting or biting, sibling rivalry, potty training, proper sleep habits, or just plain wanting a better relationship with your child? 
You know, I've been at this for a while now and wanted to share my own parenting manual. It's called The Parenting School, and I've created it with you in mind. Give your child and yourself the gift of mindful parenting in just a few short weeks and discover all the tools you'll ever need to parent without losing your patience, giving in, or worrying that you're messing up. If you're yearning to be more patient and present with your child while finding balance in your own life, then you already know that you need effective parenting tools and ongoing support. You know you weren't meant to be raising children alone. And you probably already know that having the right parenting tools during moments of conflict is the key to staying grounded, responding with empathy, and strengthening your parent-child relationship. You've probably sensed that you'd be a more confident parent if you had a like-minded community supporting and encouraging you. Your skills have gotten you this far, but most days you still feel like you're making it up as you go. So here's what I've got for you. Reliable parenting principles that will allow you to finally set boundaries you can confidently uphold, communicate effectively with your child, declutter your home to enhance your child's independence, learning, and family harmony, and find more time to do the things you love. This is what the parenting school is all about. During this digital parenting course, you'll get weekly modules with lessons focused on key areas to get you where you want to be. These modules come packed full of video tutorials, journal prompts, actionable activities, expert interviews, and more, as well as weekly Lifeline group mentoring calls where I answer your questions personally, plus a virtual village with like-minded parents supporting each other during this deep-dive parenting intensive. I'll also include some extra special bonuses to keep you inspired and motivated along the way. So if this sounds too good to be true and you're ready to up-level your parenting skills as well as your family's well-being, head on over to The Parenting School at voilamontessori.com slash TPS dash enroll. That's TPS for The Parenting School dash enroll. To learn more about the, all the benefits of this fabulous interactive digital course I've created just for you. And by the way, I've also added the link in the show notes for you. Looking forward to supporting you and your family. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. And do come share your takeaways in our private Facebook community. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time. <laughs>